Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of TapCaf. Today, we'll be discussing TapCaf Mandalorian chap uh, TapCaf transmissions. There we go. Uh, we're going to be discussing the Mandalorian chapter thirteen, and I believe chapter twelve as well. Mm -hmm. I was going to call you on that yeah. if you didn't get it. Yeah, so we'll be covering both of those episodes, discuss what we can expect in the rest of season two and speculate what we might see in season three so and maybe get some of uh charlie's initial thoughts on the previous episodes how he thinks the season's going oh yeah uh, but i guess mm. uh since we have a guest on the podcast even though uh many who watch our gaming side of things may be familiar with charlie uh should we should we introduce charlie Eck? yeah or should we just go with it so charlie's a charlie's a vagrant um most importantly uh, no, mm -hmm. Ch Charlie <laughs> is the co-host and a lead contributor over on X2, which is the kind of collaborative channel we all have. And mm -hmm. he also has his own gaming channel called The Family Bovine. And uh, he's he's our best friend. Oh, likewise, likewise. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a... Sorry, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Just say a bit of a late upload for today's video, but I've got... Okay. just got it done in time before TapCaf. that's okay that's okay well you were a kind of a, a late addition to because i was like why don't we have charlie on today and you're like sweet so <laughs> yeah it's not my first TapCaf though technically but technically not we only posted one of those two episodes though mm -hmm. and the other was about halo that i don't think anyone listened to so yeah, for a, a lot of people this uh this would probably be uh their first introduction to yeah charlie. But they, they've heard so, us guess, reference him many times. So Yeah, we do at least once per episode we talk about Charlie. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's good to hear. Especially because this is usually right before Beerio Cart, but uh, we should say that this is a rather impromptu episode for the mm -hmm. last couple of weeks. It's just whenever uh, Justin's able to kind of get away and, and uh, come down from the mountain and share his Mando thoughts with us. Uh, it's actually so, an ivory tower, but yeah. Uh, it's actually an ivory tower on a mountain. No, but, it's the uh, map Ivory Tower from Halo 2. <laughs> <laughs> now you mention Halo, no one's going to listen anymore. Uh, but uh, so obviously last night's episode is a lot more fresh in our minds. Mm -hmm. but we are still going to go back and talk a bit about the previous episode. Mm -hmm. uh, are we going to do a spoiler free section first? Nah. Or should we just... Nah, you should be so, watching the show. Yeah. yeah. At, at this point, if you have not seen the latest episode so far... Uh, we'll give you about three seconds Soka's to get it. out of here. Yeah, it's Ahsoka's in it. <laughs> um, Look, if if you didn't know that, it, it's <laughs> if you are listening to Star Wars podcast, but you didn't know that Ahsoka was going to be showing you've up, done it, your ability to avoid yeah, you've done this. Your yourself. ability to avoid spoilers is like is both fantastic and terrible, considering that you're here right now. Mm -hmm. So it's your fault at this point. So that's fair. Charlie, do you want to give a bit of back because people might not know your history with Star Wars or whatever else or like is this if you weren't like doing stuff for X2 and doing Star Wars stuff daily, do you think you'd be watching The Mandalorian right now? I would have gotten to it a lot later, mm -hmm. I think, because um I'm 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 a late comer to big shows, mm -hmm. so I'll just watch them all in like one big season. Unless mm -hmm. it's something that naturally catches my eye, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, so I think I would have probably started about here now, and I would have probably watched through all of season one, mm -hmm. and then gotten up to here. But I don't think I'd have had the 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 I don't think it would have had the impact that I, it has on me now because you've naturally became a bigger fan just 
through yeah, all the like yeah. you wouldn't have known who Thrawn is, of course, or anything like that. No, um, no, not at all. Yeah, that's yeah. actually something with uh, with this season, I think, compared to last season, where I feel like people who weren't Star Wars fans could go and watch last season, and you wouldn't really miss much. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff gets co- explained in context, but one of the things with the cameos this season is uh, like maybe you'd recognize Boba Fett at the end of the first episode yeah. if you recognize the clones from the from the movies, but right. like if have you seen Rebels or the Clone Wars, Charlie? No, no, no. So do you have I, uh, do you have any contact for like who Bo-Katan or Ahsoka were or are? Like, I, do those names I, mean anything to you yet? Yes, because uh, the my natural response is to go through uh, uh, like the Law So Far videos on right. YouTube. That's where I because I won't have time or the the, the energy to to watch how many seasons of Clone Wars? Seven. Uh, I think it was seven. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and. Or um, rebels, rebels, yeah, yeah. Mm. and yes, I know some people have like listed like core episodes you should just watch if you want to avoid filler, um, but yeah, so like I, it's I it's hard I when you're like our age to go and watch like even like yeah. I was watching mm. Clone Wars and like it's you know kind of my job I was giving the rewatch before season seven and it still took me a long ass time and like I was not very productive for a while. Rebels is gonna That's, be next, yes, yeah, so. but. Yeah. Okay. Like we're kind of in a in a little bubble here. Like I've got I've kind of talked before. I've got a lot of friends who are like you know big Star Wars fans. Like when we were kids, we'd play all the games and we'd go see all the movies. But I don't think a single one of them would know who Thrawn is, for example. Yeah. Um, mm. which makes me appreciate the show more because it's like they're not you know pulling back to give you this stuff, which is kind of cool because it is such an expensive and such a big show. But it's also like. Mm. Some people are probably missing some of the key details. Yeah, I have two friends who are kind of, uh, I, I'm not bragging about it. I do have other friends. I do, there's two, at least two of them, uh, who aren't really in the Star Wars bubble, where one's like a pretty, I'd call him like a, by regular standards, a pretty big fan of Star mm-hmm. Wars and is like aware generally of what goes on with uh, just broader story stuff mm-hmm. uh, and like watches your videos, uh, is aware that I make videos. And, so you're saying I'm famous? Uh, yeah, because he heard your voice coming out of my room once. And, oh and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then I also have another friend who's like doesn't engage with the expanded universe at all, but like mm-hmm. she's a fan of the movies. So I kind of want to talk to them about like what they thought of some of this stuff. Yeah. Where I know one has like watched Rebels, watched the Clone Wars, uh, and the other I don't think she has. But she hasn't started watching the season yet because she only wants to pay for one month of Disney Plus. Got to wait till December. Let her binge the first few episodes. I'm like, okay. There are a lot of people who do that, and it's like they'll see a huge decrease in memberships in January. <laughs> yeah, and I can't blame them. Do Do you think um, now that the Skywalker saga um, has completely finished that they're using the Mandalorian as a platform to bring n- new? aspects of star wars to the mainstream media like fraun and ahsoka and so i think we'll probably have a bit more to, to talk about that when we go into our discussion of the second episode but yeah i do think like this season i guess this is a good time to talk about it this season it does feel like they've kind of dropped hints or like there have been episodes like the bo episode maybe the boba fett episode this episode where it feels like a major part of what's going on has basically been set up for another tv show um, yeah, especially this episode, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say. How how do you guys feel about that? Because like to me, I I like some elements of it, but at a certain point, it feels like 
okay, what are they setting up that's important for this show? And mm-hmm. what are they setting up that's important for something else that they're actively working on? Mm-hmm. And what are they setting up that is literally just in there as kind of fan service? Because there's probably stuff that's going to fit into all those three categories. And maybe, uh, Charlie, if you want to... Yeah, go ahead, Charlie. What do you think? Um, It's like, how is... That, as someone who's less engaged with it to a certain extent, how have you felt about those moments? I really like them i mean on a level of like uh i i I really like the character i've kind of already known exactly what that type of character is because i watched i ended up watching seek clips of of uh clone wars and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it it helps piece all the picture piece it all together for me essentially and i think i would i'm more engaged in that than say they uh, introduce completely new things through like say the high republic like as a mm-hmm. completely new slate this mm-hmm. sort of stuff i'm going to engage with a lot more especially when a lot of the newer generation of star wars fans have started on the prequel trilogy rather than the original trilogy so um yeah, i think, I think they're going to be the same for me i'm not convinced that any of the major characters who have been introduced are just fan service but i mean I'm I'm okay with the payoff coming a little bit later, um, or in some cases in a different show. Like I'm okay if Boba Fett doesn't make an appearance uh, in this season because I figure at some point uh, he will turn back up, uh, whether that's season three or later, who knows? Um, same with like Bo Katan's a character who I would be cool with just appearing in this one uh, episode of season two and then kind of going off and doing her own thing. Because she does kind of serve right now as a stopgap between uh, what the Mando was doing and then finding Ahsoka. But Corey, you pointed out correctly that she's also got beef with the main antagonist of the show right now, um, Moff mm-hmm. Gideon. So unless they have Moff Gideon just lose the Darksaber off screen, which I guess they could, but I don't think they will, um, she'll probably return at some point. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, last night, I think, where... Uh... I feel like the thing that is least likely to be kind of split off into its own show or handled another piece of media mm-hmm. and is more likely to be a core part of what we get out of the Mandalorian going forward is the Bo-Katan plot because mm-hmm. it is Moff Gideon is kind of her big bad as well. And uh, and she is like, the show is the Mandalorian and she is Mandalore. Mm-hmm. So if, if it gets into any kind of broader galactic uh, context, then it seems like who is leading Mandalore, uh, who's leading the Mandalorians, and how there's some sort of rev- resolution between uh, the Death Watch side of things or the uh, whatever successor group exists and uh, Bo-Katan's group. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of like what this show would be working towards rather than having like another Mandalorian show for Bo-Katan to deal with the same man and take main antagonist that we're talking about now. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think you're right. That is the one that the show will most likely touch on when it comes to like Thrawn, especially what I would like to see is Thrawn as kind of like he's there, but the Mandalorian is not actively trying to take him down or capable of taking him down. He's just kind mm-hmm. of like somebody who appears and maybe he's pulling him off Gideon strings, but for the Mandalorian sake, he's okay with killing just Gideon or fighting just Gideon. But you know, kind of just for the purposes of the greater universe that there is this uh higher power yeah. there. Um, and, I, and I you mean, brought up the interview with uh, Giancarlo, yeah, where he was talking about that, right? Yeah, hold on, let me read that. Because when well, I first, you're look, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. 
Well, I was just going to say, when I first watched the the episode, I thought that the chances of Thrawn actually appearing later on were pretty much like maybe 10, 15%, not very likely. But now the more that I watch it, or the more that I think about it, the more likely I think it is that Thrawn does appear. Uh, yeah. What was it you were going to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, just while you were looking for the actual code, I was just going to set up that the Thrawn name, name drop comes when Ahsoka is confronting the mm, yeah. uh, the magistrate of this village. So Ahsoka's thing right now is looking for Thrawn, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's where we get a Thrawn name drop for anyone who maybe hasn't seen it but is also listening or may have forgotten or somehow missed mm-hmm. that. And if you uh, that's what we're talking about here. if you're way out of the loop, Thrawn has essentially disappeared as of the end of Star Wars mm-hmm. Rebels. So it's been like it's been quite a while since he's been gone. He kind of gets whisked away with the main character of Rebels, Ezra, uh, and then he's he's in the unknown, I guess. Okay, yeah. I found that article here. Let me just control that. Okay, so this article came out uh, with Giancarlo Esposito, who's the uh, who who plays Moff Gideon, of course, plus a lot of other great characters in fiction. Gus Fring. Gus Fring, yeah, the guy from uh, what's his name in The Boys again? Um, He's like the CEO. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, do you? Wait. Uh, he's in The Boys? Yeah, I remember yeah, he's, he's like the a... CEO of uh, Vark. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget what his name is in The Boys. Mm. But he's in, he's in lots of stuff. Um, So this yeah. is a quote. He says, um, he's basically talking about what are Moff Gideon's greater goals. Um, and he says... Uh, I think we're all trying to figure out what he really wants. Somewhere in my brain, I hold out something is some kind of ethical consideration here. When people flow out of control and there are all these different moss who have been assigned different areas to be wardens of, isn't there one person or someone that may have guidance over all of them? And that to me is really telling. Uh, one person who may have guidance over all of them. That would be like a Thrawn-like character. Or um, Reborn Emperor. We could get a second, like, <laughs> maybe it's not the clone from Rise of Skywalker. Maybe we get another Palpatine clone that Mando has to duel with the Darksaber. That would be very special. Um, <laughs> also, why does Moff Gideon know everything about what's going on everywhere? He has some kind of incredible intelligence source, which, again, sounds very, uh, very Thrawny. Plus, I mean, this episode, we see Thrawn is clearly up and, like, he's clearly back in action somewhat. The whole... Th- uh, point of this character this uh magistrate is that she's like she strips planets down for resources and during the time of the empire um that that was used to build the star fleet and whatever else so it seems pretty obvious that thrawn is using her to help you know get resources again and if you look at the establishing shots of the planet you can see not only that the planet's mm-hmm. dead but if you look off in like the, the background and the vistas you can actually see these big factories um pumping stuff out so yeah, so we're like maybe Mandalorian and even Bo-Katan are dealing with Moff Gideon as kind of the local mm-hmm. and more Mandalorian-related threat. Yeah. Thrawn's out in the background as someone who's related, but not someone we deal with. Ahsoka's more dealing yes. with that. And that's what we'll get in the Rebels sequel season mm-hmm. series, obviously. That's what we're setting up with this. Yeah, because... Ezra's out there. Ezra's coming back. We're going to get to be live-action all of these people. I think it's going to be animated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. There's also the Beskar connection, too, because... Like, both Moff Gideon... Moff Gideon has been flaunting that he's got lots of Beskar, you know, quite a bit. They, he was paying the Mandalorian Beskar. Um, my theory is that the Dark Troopers will probably have Beskar armor. Uh, and we know that Gideon was part of, like, when the Empire was sieging Mandalore, 
So my theory is he probably got a, his hands on a bunch of it uh, during that. And we also see that uh, the magistrate has a full Beskar staff. So I kind of see that as maybe a, a hint that there's a connection between like between Moff Gideon, who's, you know, still pretty high up, but then Thrawn or some other overlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll probably we'll definitely come back to more of these like broader lore considerations. But mm-hmm. uh, what did you guys think about this episode in particular? Like, do you want to start with? Did, the, are we going to do the first one first, or? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll go back to uh, we'll go back to the siege here, uh, okay. Charlie. Maybe if you had any like overall thoughts on that one uh, before we get into it, because we haven't heard uh, your ideas or your feelings about the earlier parts of the season either. So if you want to, yeah, give us give us your general in. thoughts yeah. on the season and then. Episode 12, I guess. Um, I think uh, season two is wildly better than season one, personally. I uh, I had to, uh, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I actually had to push myself to watch all of the episodes of season one. Mm, interesting. Um, uh, uh, just to get into it. Um, Wait, and, for the middle uh, episodes that people were, a lot of people were kind of saying were slower, or was, it that, was that a feeling that you had the whole time? When When did you watch the first season then? Um, I didn't start watching until when season one was coming to a close, almost. Okay, mm-hmm. but it was during it was during its original. Era. It wasn't like you watched, yes. you heard about season two being better than went back. It was no, no. It was during that during it, and um, and I really liked the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it slowed down for me. There's like three I, episodes in the middle that are a lot of people think are quite a bit slower, and then there's like yeah. the last two. The 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 the, uh, the uh, Bryce Dallas episode being probably the weakest I think for me on season one uh, with the ATST, mm-hmm. um, and it was just it, it was obviously it was there to build Mando and and how you know how does he under the mask and stuff like mm-hmm. that mini mini stuff but um, I yeah it was near the end that I really caught back into it mm-hmm. hard and then season yeah. two even the filler episodes have just been fantastic like. Um, I've uh, I've really uh, enjoyed every single episode to the point where like I'm excited for the next episode, which I wasn't uh, in season one. How did you feel about the second episode though? The uh, where it was just the the ice one landing on yeah, where yeah. it's in the cave with the the passenger with the the reptilian lady. Uh, yeah, I thought it was great because we that they, they were heading. It was heading in a destination I was actually interested in, right? Um, and I was absolutely fine with any pit stops they were having because uh, the the overall plot was gripping me to just keep watching. Okay, so you didn't get the same feeling that you kind of did with the middle episodes of uh, of season one then, because it, it still felt more connected. Um, yeah, because there's something I'm awaiting to to see uh, when right. it comes to these episodes, finding the Jedi and stuff yeah. like that is what kept me going through these episodes how did you feel about dr mandible though was that <laughs> the giant ant guy do you remember him what wait what episode was this the giant ant it was guy? the uh, before they leave the first episode i think no it was it was the second one before they go to the ice planet there's like the in the cantina there's just a giant ant named dr mandible who's playing cards <laughs> oh my god I, why do i not remember this to to, it's who we got the mission to go to uh it's very oh, reasonable yes, not to remember yeah, that yeah 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 <laughs> It's not super I important. Out my memory out of fear. <laughs> <laughs> fear. Um, I love. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm interested to hear that though. That's that's good to know. I, the season's been really good. Like, it's it's uh, that I'd say episode two is 
I'd say mo I think most people would agree was probably the weakest episode. Um, and well, you were just saying, Charlie, that like Bryce Dallas Howard's episode in season one was possibly the weakest. But to me, the her episode this season was uh, possibly my favorite of the whole series. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking of you the whole time watching it because it was just basically watching what you did in the tabletop series. But uh, oh yeah, the more competent than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's well, true. It I uh yeah I I've I've really enjoyed uh where it's going and obviously the la the mo the last two episodes we've had that we're discussing today mm -hmm. has my interest peaked like it's it's the highest it's ever been for for this entire show right now so yeah. do you have a favorite of the season and in, in period also mm, it is a real toss up of uh the the, the two most recent episodes mm -hmm. which I'll get into later on down the line it's a toss up between those two sweet. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else you want to ask him before we move on, Corey? To actually talking about episode 12 or chapter 12? No, sir. No, sir. Okay. So chapter 12 <laughs> was called The Siege. It's the one. So this is last Thursday's episode. It's basically the one where they return to Navarro. I think this was probably my favorite episode in the series, maybe one of them. They return to Navarro, which I think is a really cool planet, a little lava planet. Uh, he meets up. Really cool in Minecraft as well. Charlie and I spent a couple <laughs> It did look there. cool. Um, <laughs> I did keep calling the, uh, what is it called? The Ag something, the desert planet, Navarro. Oh, yeah. And that, I want to apologize to everyone for that. My, my I didn't even bother learning any, any of the names, which it's kind of nice that you don't have to learn the names. It's just, you know, random planets a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, and then on Navarro, of course, we get that ferret. There's just that scene with the ferret. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, and then there's a class with Star Wars Explained, uh, breaking down the hyperspace trade lanes of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, the episode culminates in a siege on what they think is an Imperial base. They find uh, little test tube babies in there. Well, they're not babies there. You mean uh, you find a bunch of Snokes? I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, right. So... And, then, and then, yeah, we get the, the Dark Trooper reveal at the end. And I will say, the Dark Trooper reveal, I want to take partial credit for helping to break that because there are a lot of people yeah. saying that it could be or it couldn't be the Dark Troopers. And then somebody messaged me on Twitter and this like, listen to the end with descriptive audio. And descriptive audio, for those of you who don't know, it's basically like it's the regular audio of the scene. And then there's also a narrator explaining what happens for visually impaired people. And it's actually really cool. Um, but yeah, at the very end of that, they... Uh, they explicitly call the uh, the troopers dark troopers, which I thought was kind of a funny way to reveal that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how much it actually matches with uh, what dark troopers are in uh, in like what people's expectations mm -hmm. would be from legends. Where like are they? They they seem like they're going to be droids as well, uh, or they're just really well trained people who stand in a hallway a lot. Those uh, could be suits. Yeah, but yeah, I think they're probably droids. But we did also get uh, just staying on the topic of droid reveals we got another callback to older stuff here in this episode with the mm. hk87 i believe which is like uh the hk droids from knights of the old republic yeah. yeah uh so even more of that stuff it is just a bunch of rpg <laughs> stuff coming in there's a cool detail with those two that i didn't notice but i saw it on reddit the, uh, the droids have the insignia for the seventh fleet, which is like Thrawn's fleet. They've got that on their head. Um, those, those are Thrawn's droids down there, which I thought was a really cool detail. 
Yeah. I, I've never heard of Thrawn. Who's that? He's he's some, <laughs> some blue incel. But uh, what were okay. your thoughts on, on episode 12, Corey? Because we kind of got Charlie in my mini review. Do you want to tell us how you felt about it? Yeah, I I think I did like it more than this episode. Uh, anytime that Ruth Karga's on the, on the screen, I'm kind of happy. Mm. Uh, but we got a, a lot of just faster-paced action than we have in a little while. Mm -hmm. So that was enjoyable. But I still... I'm really tunnel visioning on, or tunnel visioning on, why does Doctor Pershing have that stupid comedian symbol on him? What does it all mean? Yeah, I'm really Where... curious about that too. Um, there's something in the art book about it, but it doesn't really reveal it. Because uh, I was trying to find any other mentions of like what that meant before, whether it was like supposed to be an insignia for Kaminoans, or mm -hmm. if it's just like some unrelated biotech <laughs> thing that the clones yeah. are wearing for that reason and Pershing has it for something but so, it just seems like a weird thing to throw in no I agree it, it does talk about in the so the art of the Mandalorian it was released in comic book stores early I do have a copy here um, I'm just looking for the art book or the, the page on that but speaking of action did you notice that uh, I could definitely feel like the that this was a Carl Weathers directed episode the action felt like much more kind of run and gun 80 style mm -hmm. than like the episode beforehand, which was very flashy, close hand to hand combat. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. it was kind of a nice change of pace, to be honest. Yeah, like I like both of them for different reasons. And then there's also the action in this episode, which uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to in a bit. But uh, like we find out a lot about the backstory for the child between or Grogu mm -hmm. between both episodes, just what the imperial intentions with them are mm -hmm. and then also what the uh uh what his actual history was with the jedi from ahsoka who seems like very nonplussed to find out that there's just another yoda that's been around mm -hmm. this whole time but mm -hmm. uh so like she she doesn't seem to care what do you think that they are planning then because you, you say we we learned a bit more and i agree what do you think and charlie i'm curious too what do you think the plans are like what were they trying to do with baby yoda what's going on in those tanks what are your guys well the about? end the end game is definitely get gideon force powers right because mm -hmm. is, is that I a think controversial so. take i think it like, is because be... there's still a lot of people who think it's snoke or something oh yeah go ahead no Charlie. god no yeah so i my, my theory and i i remember messaging you about this uh justin mm -hmm. um my theory is is that moff gideon is, is attempting to uh become uh force sensitive uh manually fire mm -hmm. rather than naturally yeah um yeah. and uh what was interesting to me i mean I, I love the whole uh lab experiment angle of on any story so uh i, I it, it it really was like peak interest for me on that as well i loved mm -hmm. that angle um i uh, in in the in the recording though when they uh discovered that that uh blog diary thing um <laughs> in the lab today's science experiment <laughs> is brought to you by skillshare <laughs> uh he mentions that um baby yoda and and it's m count mm -hmm. but then also another uh a, another subject with an m count but i feel like that was glossed over quite uh, quickly um saw uh... some discussions of it on the subreddit but nothing more than that i think you might be talking about the same thing that i kind of picked up on but i don't think that's the case anymore 
mm. uh, where like I was kind of getting a distinction between two characters and that just or a possible distinction between two mm. characters where you could read it mm. as that. Uh, but I think this episode in particular clears that out. I think that would be tied into the whole idea of like is was Baby Yoda a clone? Mm. And uh, I was leaning towards that, and I think Justin and I had a bet about that. Yeah, uh, we, we did. were talking about it earlier. We don't remember what the loser was supposed to do, and I'm at this moment, I am conceding. Sweet. Uh, it was a hard fought campaign, but mm-hmm. this episode that we just watched last night has quashed any uh, any possibility of Baby Yoda being a clone. Uh, we're going to be working on a transition team to get Eckhart <laughs> Flatter his. Uh, his new place and whatever we promised yeah. uh so if anyone if anyone remembers what the hell the bet was <laughs> if you can email tapcaftransmissions at gmail.com and tell me what i'm supposed to do or at least give me a time give me a time stamp so i can go back and get some mm-hmm. some commissioners to verify this information uh we'll get it certified and we'll we'll send it down the line but that's some topical humor Corey. thanks what are you talking about uh, I, I was fa- just talking about how I lost the bet. I found the uh, Dr. Pershing concept art. It says, The symbol Dr. Pershing has on the right shoulder of his Imperial Scientist uniform was inspired by the emblem first seen on the Camino clone soldiers in 2002's Empire Earth, 2002's episode 2 Attack of the Clones. So, I assume it's meant to be the same thing, but... Inspired by? Yeah, so they're not... It's, it's kind of weasel That's language, weird. but he's, he's supposed it, to be a Nazi, basically. And yeah, I don't know. I... Really, uh, I do hope that, like, I mean, uh, none of this leads up to Snoke because um, I really don't think, think it like that. I'm, I'm glad to hear it because, like, I think one thing that uh, Mandalorian is successful on is is not constantly having a galaxy-wide threat throughout yeah. the, the the films, mm-hmm. and it really brings you back down to a planet level and and at a citizen level. So mm-hmm. to have this to lead up to say I don't know like Luke would be a real bummer mm-hmm. in my books. I don't want it anywhere near um, mm-hmm. uh, as a s- stepping stone to the the sequel trilogy. So yeah, that's, well, um... I I really don't think it's like a direct connection to Snoke, but I can see it kind of showing some of the technology that was used to either create Snoke or show the cloning technology with Palpatine in some way. Uh, I don't think it'll be a direct connection to either of them, just kind of yeah, showing agree. similar techniques and kind of explaining those in a different context. But yeah, I, I really don't think there's any direct connection to Exegol mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, to Sith Eternal here. I honestly do think that the uh, the fact that they all have head scars is something. I don't think it's an accident. I, like, I don't think it's Snoke because it's a different head scar and all the Snoke clones have the same thing, but I think maybe that's involved with the procedure or something. Mm-hmm. Snoke has all these injuries, but he's a clone um, or mm. whatever. So my guess is like they probably learn some like procedures or, or like procedures somehow make its way back to the Empire or whatever or the Palpatine, and like that will be how it ties in. But yeah, they're not making Snoke's. People are like, oh, you can hear Snoke's theme, and it's just like a low droning sound. Like Snoke doesn't have ownership of all low droning sounds. <laughs> well, we also heard uh, when Snoke was around, we heard Plagueis's theme. Yes. So it's if it wasn't right for Plagueis, I feel like that was a lot more likely than this mm-hmm. being Snoke. Yeah. Totally. Um... Maybe this is Plagueis though, and Plagueis wasn't Snoke. It just so happens that that's the <laughs> connection here. That would be pretty funky. It's just like the idea that all this is happening on some random backwater volcano world instead of like 
the secret Sith stronghold is just a little. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of... uh, that that's where it loses me. What about the uh? So so we got to see an Architens, which was pretty cool. Um, very uh, well rendered one, and we get to. S <laughs> what do you think? Uh, what do you guys think? Gideon is planning. Like, what's the deal with those droids he has? Like, are they gonna be droids? Are they gonna be people? What's going on? Are they suits of armor? Uh, I I think they're going to be droids, and I think it's mm -hmm. a uh, it's a it's a small step in a bigger in a uh, a, a bigger plan to slowly regain power on the outer rim with mm -hmm. the empire um mm -hmm. at least that's what i'm assuming what fraun is thinking behind the scenes at least um mm -hmm. so yeah it'd be interesting to see how that that will pan out um yeah it will yeah. be right i've got to go turn off the heater because it's back. but i i mean like the, with the angles they're, they're going with i really am liking like out of the, the the main film series on how the the games and the 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 animated series from the past and and the Mandalorian now is all interweaving with mm -hmm. one with one another and I think that's kind of like it's kind of like what you get with the MCU universe you know when they cross mm -hmm. loads of timelines together yeah um I'm I'm getting those vibes here and it's it's really making it worthwhile to watch everything no I I agree. Regarding the dark troopers, I wouldn't be surprised because they do look really. Corey, are you back by the way? Yep. Okay. Like, I'm curious to hear your thought. They do look pretty much exactly like the Phase Zero dark troopers from, or Phase One dark troopers from Legends, which were just the basic droid model. So I've got to wonder, maybe the experiments are to make the next phase of dark trooper, or to make human beings capable of operating the suit or something. Um, mm. But yeah, they look they look very very similar to the. To the dark troopers from from legends which is cool was there a timeline to to uh when they were featured in the game because if i'm right the mandalorian is set five years after star wars rebels if i if i'm right uh i forget what year rebels is but it, it's it's further than five years because it's five years after endor so dark troopers only existed in legends and that was during the like during the war so they're yeah, around the, the actual empire. Yeah, they're around a lot later now than they were. Um, gotcha. So they're shifting the timeline uh, yeah. in canon. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But Dark Troopers are only really prominent, super prominent in like the Dark Force games, or the Dark mm. Forces game. Other than that, yeah. if there's one, there's like, a, there's a Star Wars gamer comic, I think, about Dark Troopers, which is kind of cool. I read that a while ago, but yeah, they're. They're not super yeah. prominent. I think they are going to turn out to be uh, droids, but I, I don't think that the goals that Gideon has has much to do with like improving on them. I think it is mm -hmm. more related to uh, force experiments and making himself or others force sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I think like himself being kind of the the primary one there. But uh, I think the dark troops will kind of factor in as like one of his better tools to kind of mm -hmm. try to get child backer enforces will in other ways mm -hmm. but yeah I, I think they're more of a tool than uh than the uh the goal that makes sense i mean this episode was really similar to the the dark forces slash jedi knight series in a lot of ways 
like the base them attacking the base immediately reminded me of the first level from Kedjim. yeah Kedjim, the Kedjim level from jedi knight uh two uh even in appearance really and then yeah. the Kedjim level itself which i completely forgot or it's actually i think the second part of the level or the second level but it's still on the same planet actually has a scene where you find the empire uh experimenting on locals in this case and there could be locals here uh trying to imbue them with force powers uh so and there's even like test tubes and stuff so it's it's pretty much exactly what's going on in this episode then you get the dark troopers and it's like you're one kyle katarn away from like uh, a, a dark forces live action basically so i got i got some other jedi knight vibes as well from like just the chase down the, mm. the canyon because that just felt like there's a couple up or a couple levels in i think it's more in jedi academy than yeah jedi it's the uh, tattooing level i think yeah. yeah well uh, there's the tattooing one there's also i think similar stuff on hoth at some point with like the canyon field oh yeah yeah going into the yeah base. you're right you're, uh but it all it all did feel very jedi yeah, knight no, totally like, the first episode was very kotor this was very jedi knight but especially uh, with just the on action. the Thrawn thing. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just on the Thrawn thing, something that we were also talking about is that when Dave Filoni does stuff with Thrawn, uh, it's a little bit different than what Timothy Zahn tends to do now, mm -hmm. where Dave Filoni is stuck more to like the Thrawn is just the villain, uh, kind of impenetrable, but still defeatable. Uh, version from like the Thrawn trilogy and kind of just sticking with that version of Thrawn. Mm -hmm. Whereas the more that Timothy Zahn does uh, going either backwards in the timeline or even when he was doing stuff in Legends talking about like uh, all the reasons Thrawn did what he did later with Vision of the Future and Spectre of the Past where he's kind of tried to rehabilitate and redeem Thrawn mm -hmm. uh, retroactively mm -hmm. and take away some of the villainous sides where like in rebels and seemingly in here a lot of it is going to be more in the just imperial thrawn is doing this for the empire thinks the empire is a good thing yeah i think you could still maybe find a middle ground like where it works with both characters where it's like it's not the empire necessarily it's just like authoritarianism where like he just wants to have a strong government for or a strong military or yeah. law and order and then that just happens to be but yeah you, you are 100 percent right that it's they're somewhat different characters which is kind of something that i get a little frustrated with because i wish timothy zahn was more involved with what they're doing with thrawn instead of just like kind of an afterthought but mm. well mean, it does fit a lot more with the sorry charlie go ahead i was gonna say because they do that with uh dave i can't pronounce his last name Bologna. was it uh, Bologna. uh mm -hmm. they, they they do that with dave and and uh ahsoka mm -hmm. so you'd have thought they would have done that with timothy zahn and thrawn mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just the difference between being an author and being a... Because, like, Dave Filoni was there for the Clone Wars and Rebels, so it's, it's a yeah. much easier transition, I guess. Yeah, and it, it's not like it's so different from everything Timothy Zahn has ever done no, with Thrawn. Yeah. It's just, it is more like the initial interpretation of Thrawn we got. And, uh, like, Thrawn has always been uh, mm -hmm. kind of a jingoistic, yeah. war-mongering kind yeah, of guy. Sure. But... There's stuff that humanizes him a bit more in some of the earlier and also later versions of him, uh, both in Legends and in uh, Thrawn, colon, Star Wars, colon, <laughs> Ascendancy, colon, Chaos Rising, colon, The Book Phoenix. <laughs> uh, yeah. But where there's more of a side to him that like actually cares about things like civilian casualties, mm -hmm. whereas in 
the Thrawn trilogy and even in Rebels. And now it seems like the version of him we're going to get in the Mandalorian or whatever connected properties there are, it is more just the kind of merciless Thrawn that is willing to uh, crack a few eggs to make his omelet that we got in the Thrawn trilogy. It reminds me of when we were talking about Harry Potter the other day. And it's like uh, Dumbledore in the books versus Dumbledore in the movies. Where it's like Dumbledore whispered, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire, Harry? And then it's in the movies, it's like he's screaming, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I guess but there's less, you wanna... less room for nuance, I guess, in TV when he's yeah. just an antagonist rather than a protagonist with internal yeah. monologue and stuff. Yeah, so we'll see if it ends up going or continuing in that direction. But uh, mm -hmm. do you guys want to get to this uh, this episode from last night now, or do you have any more thoughts on on the siege? Nope, cool episode. Uh, mm -hmm. I will say the uh, the final space battle. Well, not a, it was in atmosphere, but the final battle between the Razor Crest and the Tie Fighter was the Tie Fighters were pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Like that. you don't joust with yeah. No, these guys need to play more squadrons if they're gonna yeah. <clears throat> the TIE Fighters did feel deadly though which was nice because like mm -hmm. usually TIE Fighters are just kind of kind of shit and that's like another thing too about the, the Dark Troopers Stormtroopers have always kind of been cannon fodder but you know we're like 40 plus years into Star Wars now um, there's been thousands and thousands of dead Stormtroopers so I think that's like one reason why we'll see these Dark Troopers in this season or at least in the series probably kick some ass is because we need a real threat the only time Stormtroopers have been a threat in this series is when there were literally hundreds of them at the end of season one. Um, mm. So Dark Troopers should be kind of a helpful way to bring some tension back to, to just ordinary fights. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they kill somebody in their first uh, encounter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess we can move on to Chapter 13, The Jedi. Uh, or I think that's what it was called, right? Chapter 13, The mm -hmm. Jedi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of interesting. This the plot for this actually leaked in advance. Did you guys see that? No, I I saw that it had. I didn't see it because mm -hmm. I was trying to avoid it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what were your guys' first thoughts on this episode, Charlie? Uh, do you want to go for it? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was. Uh, I I I like how they just got straight into it. I was like, oh wow, they are. And not messing about, they dedicate the whole scene to Ahsoka. And um, I swear, like, if you stand back far enough and look at some of those screenshots, so it, it would look like it was, like, from the animated series, mm -hmm. I thought. Um, especially when you had, like, the, the long-distance camera shot of Ahsoka all the way down to the other side of the, uh, mm -hmm. the village. Um, I, I thought her live action character was exactly how i imagined it in my head best case scenario um i i liked her i, I just think it all me meshed really well um and uh yeah i i was really shocked by the fact that we got a lot of information about the child mm -hmm. because i was re i was already content and happy with the idea that they will never go into the species uh, of uh, the child, so I was already like, "Yep, yeah, I'm fine." I, if you don't want to say, I mm -hmm. get it. So the fact that they even touched upon it was like, "Oh wow, this is kind of huge." Uh, that was one of the reasons that I thought it would end up being a clone because 
like then they could have another Yoda and it would literally just be another Yoda rather than just going rather than having to introduce another character of the species and have to give more information on like how many are up there where they're from that kind of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no Yoda and Yala were for sure fucking though yeah that for the next episode is going to be the the Mandalorian stopping it's just going to start all, it's just going to start all you're going to hear is it's going to be Yoda clapping cheeks <laughs> Because <laughs> the timeline matches up. Yeah, sure. Did, did that... Yaddle die in Order 66? Just to clarify. No, uh, she died probably between died. episode 1 and 2. I don't know if she's officially died in canon yet, but she, she leaves, doesn't she? Yeah, she's not on the council anymore. Yeah. And so she's... I did. That was one of the more annoying early lore videos I did, talking mm-hmm. about like changes to the Jedi Council oh, between yeah. one. episode 1, 2, and 3. And I was talking about... like. When Yaddle died, and I was talking about like the out of universe like reasons for this, and like actually no, she died in this book that was said earlier. I was like, no, I'm talking about why that book had to be written. You ever get your cheeks clapped so hard you had to leave the Jedi Council? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Yaddle's just down there in the uh, the depths of the Jedi Temple with uh, her illegitimate child here training him as a Jedi, because it seems like Ahsoka wasn't aware that Grogu was there before. No, yeah, it's you're right. She just kind of, you know, picked <clears throat> that up when they had their little mind link moment. And then, like, has no reaction to the fact that he exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was kind of, th- like, the the potential dark side child thing kind of does track with what we've seen so far. And I was like, with um, the amount of anger he's around with the Mandalorian and the amount of like quasi dark side stuff he's done like part mm-hmm. of it is that he's a child and is unable to really distinguish between right and wrong in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but just the environment he's in is definite <laughs> definitely not a good thing but you'd think Ahsoka's reaction to this would be like he's clearly got and using his force powers whether I train him or not and he's only going to go further down this path of stuff that's scaring her mm-hmm. That ties in quite well with your point, Eck, about um, how they constantly bring up what the child has seen during mm-hmm. the time with Mando. So I think that will crop up again down the line, depending on uh, uh, you know what the what the child has been impressionable to, mm-hmm. and uh, that's because a that's point. a big connection. It's a good. It's a big connection to to to. Uh, Put the child up against Anakin, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, that. You don't say that lightly. So it, it, I think it's all coming together. Um, no, I, I agree. That's, that's a good point, Charlie. Um, but yeah, w- uh, one question that did uh, uh, make me wonder was obviously the final scene of Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, would that uh, because that's like the the last scene mm-hmm. with Ahsoka? Uh, do yeah. you think that would be? Before, before or, after? or after the events the of Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing it's before. Uh, what do you think, Corey? I'm not sure. I have to go back well, and watch it. Okay, so how old is Jason? Because you see... Jason Sindula? Yeah, because you right. see Jason Sindula. What? I think he's eight, isn't is, he? Is that how old he is? Because know, we know that he would have had been born in like around the Battle of Yavin because Kanan's dead. Right. Unless I'm bad with ages, I don't. Know, I wouldn't he's, say he looked. I think like six to eight. It, it's animation and it's a kid, so I can't really tell. Yeah, 
probably a bit younger. Yeah. So. So, but that yeah, does indicate that this is. But that's keep in mind that's eight years after Yavin, not after Endor. Yeah. So that means that puts this before. Uh, that puts yeah, that scene that's, before. That's like eight is like upper end. That's as high as I'm willing to go on that. Yeah. Uh, so I, most likely rebels. But uh, yeah, most likely rebels is before this. The rebels finale, which I think makes sense because right now, Ahsoka is off looking. For Ezra, presumably that's what she's doing. Ezra and Thrawn. Well, she wants to find Thrawn because Thrawn leader to Ezra. Um, so yeah, that that makes mm -hmm. sense to me. Mm -hmm. We're definitely getting a live action Hera at some point, though. Too. Yeah, I mean, we've already gotten her in Squadrons, so she'll translate. Okay, that's a kind of a good point to to move on to the discussion of Ahsoka. Charlie kind of mentioned this. I thought Ahsoka looked miles better than i thought she could she was going to because i had seen like some fan renders with like rosario dawson mm -hmm. and it was like kind of shitty and i was a little bit worried um <laughs> but i thought she looked great some people were complaining about the length of her head tails um but the uh the props guy or one of the character designer guys for mando actually went on twitter and he's like they can't be longer than that because uh because the stunts don't work they just won't yeah. work if they're too long like Shaq T's were longer, but she was also mostly just sitting there and there Ahsoka had to do a lot more. Uh, and like, you could point to them being longer in the animation and then say mm -hmm. like, Oh, why aren't they like that? But then Ahsoka's eyes are also much bigger. In the animation, no one's complaining about that. Well, like, that's just kind of animation. Shaq T I, I was, I was kind of reading up about this. Apparently Shaq T was meant to have more combat, but it just wouldn't work with her, with her yeah. head tails. So, but yeah, that, that's like the eyes thing. And like Ahsoka, is a, she's obviously a cartoon or she's a, a character in animated TV shows, but she is a, pretty cartoonish, you know, like she's got those really big mm -hmm. eyes. Uh, so I was like, I don't know if she's going to if she's going to translate. But there were a few scenes like during this. The one that I think of the most is the scene where Mando gets Ahsoka in a rope and she like looks over and she gives that little smile before she jumps and kind of turns it around on him. Like, I thought that was like kind of like just out of the just out of the cartoon but pretty much i was impressed yeah i did think she was a little bit more somber than even like rebels ahsoka was mm -hmm. so i i don't know if that's part of her characterization now or if it's uh and i'd have to go back and watch more rebels to see yeah. if it really is as big of a difference but like i could have also seen like uh ashley Eckstein doing a good job too so i yeah the casting could have gone either way there I think part of that, because I think some of that might have just been how the episode was. So I kind of want to give, when I first watched this episode, and I kind of tweeted about this this morning, I liked the episode, but I thought there was like something a little off about it. Um, and then I, I kind of thought about it, I watched it again, and I, I liked it a whole lot more, like a, a lot more. Um, and I guess it's just like, people have made the comparison that this is basically an old samurai movie and yeah, it totally is, but it's also, you mm. know, it's very dark. It's very, uh, it is kind of like reserved in a way, almost in a way that like you'd expect out of a samurai movie. So I think that is partially why Ahsoka came off the way it did because we don't get like, there aren't that many scenes where we get the big kind of star Wars music or whatever else. Um, so I think that probably contributed somewhat to, to her characterization in this, in this episode. How did you guys feel about the the combat with her? Because it did feel a bit more grounded oh. than even some of the other stuff in uh, the Mandalorian with the Mandalorians, 
where like she was definitely miles off of like cartoon violence, but even a little bit uh, le- a, a bit more heavy feeling than some live action stuff from uh, the OT and sequels, let alone the prequels. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I, I, I thought, thought it was a good. Sorry, go ahead, Charlie. No, no, you go ahead. You start. I was gonna say I really liked it. I thought you're right. It was it was weightier in a way, but like they still kept kind of her signature style from the Clone Wars, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when she flips to the backhand lightsaber. Yeah, and cool. she does that double slash through the tree and whatnot. Yeah. So I, I I thought it was a good compromise. What about you though, Charlie? I I think it it was really well transitioned, and it's like. She has quite a, 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 a like hyper aggressive uh, move style, um, and and it was really present in the beginning of the episode and near the end of the episode as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they even cameoed some uh, of her o- original moves from uh, the uh, TV series mm-hmm. to to this episode as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it was uh, yeah yeah I I agree. Like sh- she's a lot. She she was a very uh jumpy character as well even though it was weighty mm-hmm. uh compared to a lot of what you've seen in mandalorian which are literally feet on ground combat and she was like all over the place and it was very refreshing and mm-hmm. to see that, that she she kept that to the uh compared to the uh clone wars tv series yeah totally she was there that one scene um where she kind of savagely like assaults the mandalorian uh when he Kind of mm. when she sneaks up on him, I thought that was really good. Um, but yeah, what about you, Corey? You you asked yeah. the question, but let's hear your thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I did think it was like different. That's why I brought it up. But I think it really matches the tone of the show while still keeping it feeling like Ahsoka and like she is who she is. Uh, so like it's definitely different from what we've seen her do. Obviously, making a transition from animation to live action, but uh, still kept a lot of the core of her fighting style like charlie was saying so i thought it was handled really well i did think the lightsabers looked a little bit weird but i think that's just the lighting where they felt almost more thick and solid yeah kind of glow roddy yeah where like usually they seem a bit thinner and especially ahsoka's because she's got kind of the double shoto in a lot of situations yeah so that's kind of been a thing i've noticed well that's been like a thing really since disney star wars whereas like it used to be that lightsabers were often done in post uh and you notice like they don't usually cast shadows like it was really evident when you watch like even the force awakens that they're actually real things now like the lightsabers give off light which does add a lot to the scene i think especially when you have fights mm-hmm. like in the forest and the force awakens where the shadows and the light because uh, that's stuff you often wouldn't get in the prequels uh but on the other hand, you do the lightsabers do always I find seem a little thicker now, um, but yeah. Did didn't didn't they uh did didn't they explain uh why they were so thin in the original trilogy that like they had to expose every frame of the uh, uh footage through a light box and obviously that would cause a thinner uh thinner lightsaber compared to the thicker ones. I mean, like, mentioning it's probably something stuff. like that because a lot of it was rotoscoping, like yeah. just having the light. Yeah, because mm. if you like, if you watch especially uh, episode four or just Star Wars, like the the effects are very very simple, and like when the lightsabers clash, it's just like it's a, just a yellow flash on the screen, rather mm-hmm. than like now mm. you have light being thrown everywhere. Like it's crazy 
how far the effects have come. They actually got those people that made the one with like the superheated rod on YouTube. <laughs> that's what we're doing for all of it. <laughs> yeah, we we ran through three stunt doubles this episode. Pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, uh, overall, on the episode, I, I got to say there was uh, I was really pumped when they were uh, when they were ready to make the move. Uh, in the village, just the idea of like a, a Jedi and a Mandalorian was mm-hmm. like a, really made me like fist pump the air in a way. <laughs> I guess uh, I thought that was really cool, especially the end art, the credit art as well. Oh yeah, it's always so good. The, the Mandalorian. So I use a lot cool. of those in my review. It looks really cool. Yeah, it does. And um, and I've got to say, I ended up getting a little bit uh, uh, misty eyed uh, about. Uh, uh, the child uh, at the end because with more information about the child it was like i don't know i had a bit more of an emotional mm-hmm. attachment to him after like you know there was a scene where he was going to say goodbye uh we got you knew exactly what had been he he had gone through at the the, the temple and then mm-hmm. being shut in the cradle for god knows how long <laughs> yeah and uh and and uh taking him back into the ship right at the end as well was uh it was it was i don't know i i, I don't know why i ended up getting a little misty eye i just did i was like oh damn what because yeah. he doesn't want to leave him but he's trying to do what's best it's, it's yeah, we, yeah if you watch the scene too when he's sitting in there with uh with the child like before he thinks he's dropping her off he's like or dropping him off he's like rubbing baby yoda's hand it's really cute like you you don't usually mm. see him affectionate like that so it is a pretty sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were a couple moments of uh, like finally disciplinarian dad Mando <laughs> that we haven't really gotten yet. Yeah, uh, like I think two or three of them, and then especially when Ahsoka's like, "Well, he's not doing this for me. You do it. See yeah. if he'll respond to you." And I like he does do it, but it just kind of reinforces Ahsoka's reasons for not training him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Where like, do you think she made the right decision there? Uh, there's another I, point to that, but I always hate the. I I think that the reasoning. I don't think her reasoning was right, but I think she came to the right conclusion. Like I think the idea that Jedi can't have attachments is really stupid. Anakin's problem wasn't that he had he had an attachment to Padme. His problem was that it was an attachment he had to he had to repress, and pretend wasn't a thing. And like that's what was taken advantage of was his fear and like his mm. he wasn't able to help like healthily deal with a relationship like I, I don't believe the message of star wars is is don't fall in love with people and don't have relationships it's you know have healthy relationships you don't want to cover your partner you don't want to do all those things you want to have a healthy relationship where you're each confident in that like that's the issue that anakin had so like i i don't like ahsoka just flatly saying i can't train him because he has because he has attachment to you i i think the she shouldn't train him but for other reasons like he's he's just a child it's just it's not in his best interest that's the the thing for me do you think she's just frightened of because i mean she mentioned it in the episode after all but do you think she's frightened of of how bad it can go uh uh with um with jedi uh, like force sensitive uh people that have attachments because i mm-hmm. mean anakin was an example and look at the galaxy because of it 
so yeah. I think maybe she understands the weight of mm -hmm. uh, that type of decision, especially when she's already got an ulterior motive to handle too. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, I think that's why I'd accept that from Ahsoka more than I would from other characters, mm -hmm. where like she was Anakin's Padawan, so more than anyone mm -hmm. other than maybe like Obi Wan and Luke, uh, who are. Uh, a bit less jaded on the Jedi overall than she is for good re like she's jaded with for good reason like for her it's like am I gonna really restart the Jedi Order mm -hmm. and like, I don't see that being a big priority for her directly mm -hmm. uh, I think she kind of sees the failings of the Order as well as the failings of Anakin individually and how they each were responsible for his fall uh, and isn't eager to get back into that especially with someone who's already kind of showing some of the warning signs that you did get with Anakin where there's some like anger and possessiveness, which he's a toddler, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, which I think is partially why she's willing to say like, I'm not going to train him, but go to Tython and see if he wants to be trained and then maybe someone will respond. Yeah. Uh, which I guess that's another big thing that isn't really being reintroduced in the canon here, but giving another more prominent place in canon is Tython mm -hmm. that's shown up in some other stuff in new canon already, but was a really prominent We've all been uh, there. part of it, especially. Yeah. yeah, in the Old Republic. That's where you start off, isn't it? On the Jedi? Uh, do you start off on Tython in the Old Republic as the Jedi? Ah, you did. Maybe. I thought it was a different planet, but Tython is definitely in the Old Republic. I just forget if you start there or not. You're probably right. I think I think it is. I'm not positive, but but yeah, it's that's just, also where Bane has his big duel. Yeah, it's basically like the it's where everyone gets whisked off away, like to start basically the the Sith and the Jedi. So it's a very yeah. very uh, important important planet. Uh, kind of cool to have that reintroduced for sure. I I I'm gonna say though, I am a bit not tired of it, but I wish they would just give up the pretense that that the Mandalorian is going to give up baby Yoda. Like, I wish yeah. that he would just, that they would just become a family. Cause like, stop blue balling me with this sweet, like relationship. And like, just, <laughs> you know, like just accept it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. No, <laughs> I, I hope so too. One thing that I did want to just talk about while we're uh, kind of on the topic of their relationship is that uh, for the plan, like, in order to convince Ahsoka to uh, to train Grogu, he was willing to give up part of his armor, even temporarily, to mm -hmm. someone that he shouldn't necessarily trust entirely, considering the relationship that they keep mentioning between the Mandalorians and the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that shows a pretty big step for him, like Beskar being so important to him, but he is willing to part with this piece of his armor for just the chance that Ahsoka might help him. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that was... He basically isn't that like one mission's worth of armor too. Like, isn't that what he gets yeah. in the the, mm. the first episode? So, so yeah, that, you're right. That is a that is a good point. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but do you guys have any thoughts on like who, if they go to Tython, will he get a response? And if so, who do you think it would be? Are we getting are we mm. getting Sebastian Stan, Luke Skywalker? I wouldn't hate that. I know it sounds like you and Charlie wouldn't like that. I wouldn't mind seeing young Luke Skywalker. But I don't think I don't think we're gonna make it to Tython, at least not for a very long time. And if we do, I don't think anybody's coming. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think anyone's coming. I I would I wouldn't mind uh, Sebastian Stan Luke Skywalker actually, but uh, probably not here. I 
I do believe it uh, it won't be the last we'll see of Ahsoka, especially now that Moff Gideon also knows of her location mm-hmm. um, uh, with the tracking beacon on the uh, Razor Crest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we'll probably see an answer to to that little plot twist twist. From is there a, there's a tracker beam chapter. on the Razor Crest? Yeah, oh, it was, uh, it was from the Empire. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, from the Empire. So yes. now they know where Ahsoka is. Yes. And I'm assuming we'll have a solution to that on Chapter 14 as well. So definitely yeah. won't get to. I really expected the Empire to to make an appearance this episode. I was Same here. waiting. Yeah. I looked at my uh, at the remaining time when he was walking away back to the ship, and I was just waiting for Dark Troopers to come down, and then for this to kind of be a two parter, but. So I was pretty surprised that mm. it set that up pretty well. So Charlie and I have uh, have to get to Wasted Stream soon. Uh, so I guess maybe we should move on to some final thoughts here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wasted is doing, a friend of ours is doing a charity stream uh, that Charlie and I will be on after the podcast. I don't want to cut it too short here, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, just if there's any final topics you guys want to talk about, he did message me saying they were just going to do a derby until we show up. Yeah. So. Um, I did notice that the uh, when I rewatched it, I noticed that staff you get uh, seems to be extendable or or telescopic. So people can... really do care whether those kind of uh, melee weapons are extendable or not. It yeah. does come up a lot. So he probably will be taking that with him, and we see explicitly that it's functional against lightsabers so i assume we'll see a, a staff versus dark saber fight at some point which will kind of be like it's one of the first good live action melee fights we've had between non-force users we get one in tfa and i guess in in the last jedi as well but we got high hopes for that mm-hmm. yeah and i guess like what he's going to use that uh pure beskar spear mm-hmm. uh Against Moff Gideon with the dark saber, yeah, maybe. Exactly. He's gonna throw it to blow up his tie later. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls a perfect twenty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, 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 I've never been more invested in the Mandalorian after after this episode. Whilst the overarching story, I can get why you might have originally thought it was flat, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it was it was kind of building up to be a bit more. Uh, I think they played it safe with this episode with Ahsoka, mm-hmm. um, but it was still really rewarding nonetheless. I gotta say, I was not expecting Thrawn, so mm-hmm. that I was just like, I was like, oh my god, okay. And that's actually why I'm I'm really enjoying it as well because it's not like they're leading that they're, they're li- blue balling you on this massive overarching story. I was mm-hmm. really interested in the the Harris, if I'm saying that right. Uh, uh, because I was the, the concept of more Mandalorian. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I want to see more Mandalorian. And then you had Boba Fett uh, and stuff, and I was like, oh wow. And then they showed uh, the potential for more for more Jedi, and I'm like, oh wow, that's really cool. And then Ahsoka, you know, and now Thrawn, and it's just like a step, step, step up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's it, it they it, they didn't blue ball me with something big where everything else underneath it didn't feel as epic. Mm-hmm. But everything has been unexpectedly epic all the way up. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I will say too, we got a couple of nice Rebels slash Clone Wars tie-ins 
uh, this episode, we saw the little cats, the Loth cats. Uh, I, I, I know they're not actually Loth cats because they're not in Lothal, but whatever they're called. Um, and we also saw what I'm pretty sure was Morai, the, the owl um, from the Clone Wars and Rebels. It's like she's basically a spirit form of the, of the daughter from the Mortis arc. But I think people are still hmm. people are still talking about that one, but it seems pretty obvious that's what it's meant to be. Um, I didn't pick up on that connection. <laughs> yeah, there's only like one scene. Uh, here, I can send it to you if you want to see. Put it in the. Uh, put it. In... I saw I saw the owl, but I didn't pick up oh, on okay. like the idea of being the daughter. Like that didn't cross my mind, but that's I, that's probably, a, yeah, a safe bet. Yeah. Other than that, I yeah, I mean, I think Corey, both you and I are a little concerned that it be, that the show becomes sidetracked. I'm not at the point yet where I'm actually worried, though. I just yeah, I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not we're not uh, DefCon one. I think we're yeah, we're just slightly concerned. We'll see where it goes. I feel like uh, Ahsoka's cameo is the one that I was kind of worried about the most, and mm -hmm. so far it's been handled, uh, I think, well. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but I think is that. Is that it? Are we we're good? Yeah, I think I so. Just wanna oh, go ahead. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all the Star Wars uh, brand designers, literally panicking <laughs> after realizing that they have to change the child to go. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not changing. They're like double taking and going like, "What the fuck? Oh my god!" Already called, uh, Baby Yoda instead. They were already like, "No." Yeah. But uh, but thank you for coming on, Charlie. A mm -hmm. uh, lot of fun having you here. Uh, Maybe we'll address any questions at the end of next uh, Tapcow because yeah. there were a few Mandalorian questions. I'm sure we'll do a Tapcow for the next Mando episode. Maybe we'll kind of just cover a bunch of bunch of questions then. Yeah, we mm. should be getting eventually back to a more regular schedule for the podcast. Right now, it's just whenever uh, Justin's available, but we'll uh, try to hopefully not have a commitment after the podcast next time and maybe get to yes. some more questions. And then I think once you're back uh, a bit more fully, maybe we'll have a whole episode for viewer questions between yes. Mandalorian and some other stuff we've done because we've had to cut short a few times with yeah. uh, questions on previous books. But... That's going to do it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to leave a review on any platform, especially uh, Apple Podcasts. I, for, I forget if they, if that is that what it's called. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I don't know. As many as we can. Make sure to insult us, but leave a high star rating. And use the word moist at least twice Ooh, in moist a review. Ooh, moist this time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Next time. Thank but you very much, for Charlie, listening. for joining as well. Corey, you rude bitch. Thank you, Charlie. I say that. Okay, well, thanks again, Charlie. That's what I started with. How about you shut the fuck up and end the podcast? All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Rob.